Just Fantasy Baseball back here. We're talking relievers, and I know I sound excited to talk relievers, but we have some of the shittiest news in baseball yet. Like, there's always one or two injuries that come out of spring training or the World Baseball Classic, and and if you have a problem with the World Baseball Classic and people getting injured in the World Baseball Classic, maybe you need to reevaluate the way that you view sports and the way that you view competitiveness and the way that you view athleticism at its, you know, at its finest, because these guys are putting their entire hearts into this sport. And if you can't understand that they want to represent their country while doing that, well, maybe you really just need to, to throw your phone out the window and go read a book or something for a minute. But that's my little rant about the people ranting about the world baseball classic, but Edwin Diaz being out for the season, Clay, is just so, so sad because he had one of the best reliever seasons of all time last year. And there was really, you know, the expectation was for him to do it again. And now he's not going to be doing it for the Mets this year. Yeah. And, you know, we will get into options um, for the Mets in the next episode, I'm sure. And uh, not to make a joke of the situation, but. Um, Timmy Trumpet's plays are going to go way down this year, aren't they? Like he may tank because of Edwin Diaz's injury. Like he may not be the star that he thought he once was due to the fact that Edwin Diaz will not be coming out of the bullpen. But um, I don't want to go down that tangent. Uh, (laughs) I love how you I love how you said I don't want to go down that path after you've already gone down that path. But that's one of those like, all right, too soon, man, but also kind of funny. So, yeah, Um, prayers out to Edwin Diaz. But um actually let's let's talk briefly about the options here for the Mets because they're going to have to make a move yeah. or they're going to have to rely on Adam Ottavino or David Robertson to be closing games for them. And it would probably be some sort of closer by committee. I would imagine if that happens, right? Like pick your spots for Ottavino or Robertson. I'm not sure there's really that much difference between them. They both had good seasons last year. Ottavino has a problem with runners on base. So do with that what you will. It's not really a guy that I want pitching for me in the ninth inning. Yeah, and you know, these are two older options. I want to pivot and go to a younger option for them, and that's actually Edwin Diaz's brother, Alexis Diaz, from the Reds. A guy who's brothers? Rumored... Yeah. I had no they, idea. Yeah, they he as that that's why he was like crying on the field when um Edwin was injured yet yesterday. But um a guy who was rumored to them in the past. All the way back to last deadline, the Reds are not going anywhere. Why you don't need an Alexis Diaz? It, it, it's a luxury at this point. If you want to join those two teams together for a trade, I think now's the perfect time. He has a bajillion years of control left. He was a rookie last season. It makes sense, and the Reds would be smart to capitalize on it if the return is worth it. But we can cross that bridge when we get to it. I want to jump into this list because the new number one guy now is one of my favorites. Well, it's a perfect time to, I mean, so yeah, to preface, let's jump in. To preface, now there's really only one clear cut number one 
Like there's a one guy that's the best on this list and there's no question about it. He's way above Josh Hader at number two, well above Jordan Romano at number three. And I just kind of spoiled it, but Emmanuel Class A, we talked about how Edwin Diaz had one of the best reliever seasons of all time last season. Well, Emmanuel Class A did as well. And in 2021, he had a 1.29 ERA. Last year, he had a 1.36 ERA. I mean, it's video game numbers. And Clay, I've said before how I, I'm not one of those guys that likes to just like, oh, let's look at the baseball savant bubbles. But like, dude, go look at his baseball savant page. Chase rate, 100th percentile. Fastball velocity, 100th percentile. Fastball spin rate, 100th percentile. It's like every single one of his things is 95 percentile or above, which that can't be that. That just has to be good. Yeah, and he is just a fantastic pitcher. A ground ball rate over 60% every single year. His barrel rate has never been higher than three. It was 2.2% last year, has always been lower than 3%, just utter dominance. 42 saves in 2022, and he's playing for a Cleveland team that I think should, once again, be competitive, playing in a division that's they're going to be um, really a, good, actually. A bit shaky, you know, like, I, I I mean, I don't see any reason or any signs pointing to Class A not having another ERA under 1.4, which is now becoming <laughs> the standard for him. That's ridiculous to say, and I think you're completely right. Um, his pitch mix is is nasty. He throws that slider and the cutter mix. I mean, it's just a filthy mix that is reminiscent of prime Mariano, but like he's, he's put up two seasons in a row that are like better than what Mariano was even doing. And so, you know, it's just crazy to see a guy perform at this level. Um, so yeah, that he is far and away the best closer on this list. I would say, shall we move over to number two, Josh Hader, who, had a really, really just weird year last year, Clay, a 5.22 ERA. And you might be like, what? 5.22 ERA from Josh Hader, and you're ranking him second on this list? How does that make any sense? Well, I think it was just a lot of bad luck. You can look at the FIP, and even the FIP isn't that great, 3.45 FIP, 3.51 expected ERA. But it also was because he had just some Big blow up outings. Yeah. He had a two six earn run outings, which just completely ballooned everything. And then he finished the year um, with nine point nine straight outings without an earn run. So he he was back at the end of that uh, end of his year in San Diego. Uh, the Padres should be one of the best teams in the league. He should be in line for easily, uh, you know, close to forty saves and. Would it even shock me if he led the league in saves? Maybe not. No, I don't think so. He's going to have plenty of opportunities, that's for sure. Um, one thing about him is he he does give up some home runs. His 15% home run to fly ball rate last year was actually around his career average. Now, you've got to make contact first to, to give up a home run, right? And he's striking out 15 per nine. Uh, walks have been an issue before, and... Um, at the end of the day, I mean, he's an elite closer, elite, and he'll have stretches where he doesn't give up a run for, like you said, nine straight outings. Like that's not 
an asterisk there. That's somewhat the norm. He'll have that just about every single year. Um, definitely worth his ADP, which is around 47, uh, especially if you miss out on Class A. Now, what's going to happen with the ADPs now because of Edwin Diaz? How much of a jump will we see in these pitchers? Well, that's what I wanted to just talk about real quick before we we move down this list a little bit more is like how what is your strategy for drafting closers? Because I think the conversation around closers is so league dependent and like based on what your scoring is, you know, are you in a league that only has saves or are you in a league that allows holds like that makes closers yep. less less scarce. Um, so, yeah, it's really league dependent and like the best way I Honestly, the way I go about drafting closers is kind of like running backs, right? Where you kind of want to draft maybe one or two guys that you know are solidified, but then maybe have like two or three that are good handcuff options, right? If somebody gets hurt that they're going to be the next guy up, I think that's the way to do it. Treat it like running backs where it's like there's so many injuries. There's so much there's implosion that happens throughout the season. Um, So it's a very sporadic position that you don't really want to spend like really high picks on yeah it I, I guess it just depends on you know what you do with the rest of your draft and how the board falls but last year I did exactly what you're saying I just kind of waited and at the end of the year I had Tanner Scott and um F- Felix Batista like that that's what I had going for me at the end of the year which I was fine with and going into the year neither one of those were draft options for me right so it it can turn out that way. You can find teams. Um, the best strategy to me is if you don't want to select a, a top one, select two that are actually going to get save opportunities, even if the team's not fantastic. Come deadline, if they're on your team and they get traded to a competitor, that's where you can really cash in. Yeah, it happened with me with Rizal Iglesias last year. Yep. I got traded to the Braves and then wasn't getting saved opportunities anymore, and that, that hurts. But, you know, it's all random. That's what makes the waiver wire so important. But all right, let's move on to number three. Jordan Romano comes in at number three here, coming off of 36 saves last year, a 2.11 ERA. He had a 2.14 ERA in 2021. I mean, a 1.23 ERA in just 14 innings in 2020. He's been nothing short of spectacular for three years in a row now. Um he is the solidified Blue Jays closer. The Blue Jays should be a 90-plus win team again this year. And again, 36 saves last year. Why not similar or more? He is pretty straightforward. Like, we don't have to expand on him. Like, you know what you're going to get. Um, a great option. A team that is going to be in save opportunities very, very often. And he doesn't have, like, a ton of blow-up games or anything like that that I would he he had one or two I believe last year but nothing crazy expect 35 to 40 saves again right about it man right about it all right let's move on to Devin Williams coming in at number four now Devin Williams finally takes over the closer role for the Milwaukee Brewers now that Hater is with the Padres um you know finally honestly I think this is something that Devin Williams has been deserving of for for some time now um I'm interested to see how he does handle it, though, in his first full season in the closer role because it's a big mental jump going to the closer role. But, yeah, Devin Williams has – would you say that his his changeup, the, the you know, the fork ball basically that he throws – I don't or what is it, screwball? The screwball that he throws um, is the nastiest pitch in baseball? I mean, it's got to be one of. Yeah, it's definitely one of. And um, 
he he has some nasty pitchers. I mean, off of the fastball last year, batters hit 090 off of it, which is just a thing. Yeah, 090. It sounds so weird to say it like that. But either way, a 128 slugging off the fastball. Do you know what his barrel rate was? If if you've not looked it up, just guess. Barrel rate overall. Yes. I'm going to guess it, it's down close to, to Class A. I'll say under 5%. Yes, it was under 1%, 0.9% barrel rate. That's got to be 27% the lowest 27% hard hit, hit rate. That's got to be the lowest in the league then. Yeah, yeah. that's really absolutely It was the lowest in the league for anybody wondering. It was. He does he does struggle with walks from time to time, as so many of these bullpen options do. 4.49 walks per nine, but match that with a 14 case per nine. And finally, the opportunity to be a closer. Yeah, that's actually what I'll touch on before we move on to, to Rizal Iglesias is, is uh, Devin Williams probably is the first guy on here where I'm like, how many games are the Brewers going to win this year? Like, this Brewers team, I don't know how to how to react to them. Like, are they going to be a 78-win team or are they going to be like an 86-win team? Yeah. So, I don't know. Devin Williams is probably good for projection systems, having 27 to 30 saves, which I think is probably pretty conservative. Um, but, yeah, the the Brewers are not as good as any of the teams that we mentioned above. But it is what it is. So, let's move on. Rizal Iglesias, um, who is now, I mean, a veteran of the bunch, 33 years old. Last season, he pitched amazing. I mean, when's the last time that Rizal Iglesias didn't pitch amazing? He's had one season in his entire career, or two seasons, I guess that is. I mean, his first season with Cincinnati, he was still a starting pitcher and yep. had a 4.15 ERA. I'm not counting that. He's had one other season with an ERA uh, that wasn't below three. So it's consistency it's consistent season after consistent season for Rizal Iglesias. Last year, he had 17 saves, 2.47 ERA. Um, again, you know what you're getting here with Rizal Iglesias, but now he has the closer role locked down for the Atlanta Braves, who um, are one of the best teams in the league. I think a sneaky thing, too, to mention about Iglesias is hopefully he he sprinkles in some wins, too, off of this. Yeah, and, you know, it's a guy with a four-pitch mix. And he throws all four p- pitches, which a lot of times you see closers come in, which is two pitches maybe and um, three. But, you know, former starter can throw all four. Like you mentioned, going to have a bigger opportunity this season with Atlanta. Um, I never really loved the fit with the Angels. I just – I have a sour taste in my mouth for the Angels in general. So I'm glad to see him in Atlanta, a super, super good team that's going to – to give him every opportunity to get some saves. Is that like Mike Trout and Otani playing for the angels is honestly like the least cool thing that could happen for baseball. I don't really know what to think about it because in one way, like one side of it's like, okay, they're on the West coast. Like all the East coast people will have an opportunity to watch if they want to stay up. And those are the type of stars you stay up to watch. The product just has not been very great i mean overall it's just yeah. not been very great individually they have been but man luis renhefro grounds out to second and now we go to the top of the inning and now we have to wait again <laughs> to see mike trout and shohei and i i just don't love that it's not great i mean I, i'll i'll take shohei pitching all day long but yeah uh okay ryan presley 
coming in here at number are we right up to number six now we're, we're cruising right along here folks this is gonna be a shorter episode um you know it's relievers we don't really need to to give you the whole rundown they're all nasty they all get saved if they're on a good team you can pretty much count on them and, and ryan presley is another guy like that he had 33 saves last year for houston he had 26 saves in 2021 um He's carried an ERA under three in two straight seasons. He strikes out a lot of guys, um, has a nasty, nasty curveball. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, I mean, his ERA actually, if you expand it a little bit further, it's four out of the past five years have been under three and a fifth of 2.31 last season, 182 average office slider with a 51% whiff rate. Um, just <laughs> what is there to say? Uh, he's a really good pitcher, and that's why he's on one of the best teams to close out games. It's simple. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a pretty nice feeling drafting a guy like Ryan Presley because you're like, oh, wow, he plays on the Astros, the the, the best team in baseball in my mind. So that's got to feel so, pretty good. Yeah, and again, with these ADPs, I mean, he's around 68 to to 70, depending on where where you look and when you look, but... I mean, I I don't know if these are going to go up because well, people... that's why I mentioned Clay. Like, they're it, it's so league dependent and like yeah. the, your type of scoring. But the way I would tell people to handle it as well is like it's kind of like tight ends too, a little bit in 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 fantasy football, where like once somebody grabs that first closer, that second yeah. closer, then there's just like this run, run on, on yeah. closers. So like you can just kind of. Get a feel for your draft. Don't be the guy that drafts a closer like two rounds too early, though, I would say. Because there's like there's a lot of good options here, right? If you miss out on on one of Jordan Romano, Devin Williams, Rizal Iglesias, Ryan Presley, like you can grab one of them. There should be an opportunity to grab one of these guys. Um, I do want to mention somebody in my league who has come in first and second the past two years um, goes like closer early more than one, too. Gets two right off the bat. And uh, it's worked for him well. I mean, it's a points league, so it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? You get, I think, six, five, five or six points for each save plus That's strikeouts. Like, like, yeah, I mean, he's racking up some points every night. That's why. That's interesting. But again, like you said, it's it's so scoring dependent. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Ryan Helsley comes in at number seven. And Helsley actually had the most dominant reliever season last year. A 1.25 ERA was lower than both Edwin Diaz and Emmanuel Class A. Oh, by the way, he struck out 39% of batters. He was ridiculous. And any batters that did get on against him last year, he had a nine, did not reach home plate. 93.4% left on base percentage, which to me is going to normalize. Like that's actually yeah. kind of not a concern. Like he's nasty. Um, and he has a fastball that reaches not just triple digits. Like it reaches one Oh two. He has an insane fastball. He was on the just baseball show. So this is like a friend of the, of the network, I would say. Um, but clay, he comes in at number seven and this is the first guy that I think I have just a, a tad bit concerns about like that left on base percentage. Like I said, he's a, a fly ball pitcher. Um, he got pretty lucky last year, although it's not like if he was unlucky, it would still would have been an insane season. Um, but also they have Giovanni Gallegos 
who I would consider to be one of the better eighth inning guys in the league. Um, and so, like, if Helsley gets hurt or Helsley doesn't per- perform, like, yeah. Gallegos is damn good. So yeah. I think this is the first guy where I'm like, is drafting Ryan Helsley high the move or is waiting and, like, taking Gallegos um, way late as kind of like a, a flyer handy, like a, you know, handcuff the move? Yeah, and... You know, I have not thought of it from that angle, and it is a little bit concerning because it's not like he's established himself as a closer over the span of four years. Like like you said, like it's, a, it's the first one that seems to have like more or less any risk in terms of losing their spot. So keep that in mind when you're drafting. Um, but man, this guy. Average 99 on the fastball last year. No, no, no. Average 99.6. Like, give him every decimal. Round up. 100. Like, that Uh, is insane. Do you know how hard you have to pitches to average that much? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't just hit triple digits. He goes beyond triple digits. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he'll hit 103 this year. Let's Let's get a guy hitting 105. That's what I want. Can I talk about the next guy? Yeah, absolutely, man. You go for it. Felix Batista. So I have a little funny story about Felix Batista, who's with Baltimore, right? And um, he was actually, his first pro season was 2013, and he just debuted last year. I was writing a trending up article last summer, and I remember calling Aram. It was about all, all of the rookies. And I said, can I put Felix Batista in here, or am I too early on him? Like, that's how, like, I was like, this guy's legit. But, you know, first pro season 2013, just now debuting nine years later. And, um, well, he proved to be absolutely elite in, in his first full season here. 219 ERA, 12 Ks per nine, 90. Uh, another guy touching 100 on the fastball almost every time he throws it. 53% whiff rate on what Savant classifies as a split finger. And, um, you know, I, I think he has enough stuff with all three p- pitches, and he only u- uses the slider to righties, but I see it. And they traded away Jorge Lopez last year. Who, who it's, was his saves be- it's his job. It's his job. They believe in him. This Baltimore team, my question to you is, what do you think they're going to be win-loss-wise? And I mean, I think, this- they'll be, I think they'll be fine, man. Like, I think the Orioles are going to win... I think they'll be around 75 to 78. I know a lot of people are really excited about this Baltimore Orioles team and are like, oh my God, this is the year. Like 82 to 85 wins, they're going to be looking for a playoff spot. I just don't see it, man. This pitching staff is not where it it should be yet. And even the lineup, like, is not, there's not a superstar in this lineup. I mean, they're Adley, sure. Give me Adley. But, you know, it's not like, it's not enough for me yet. Right. I and I'll argue to the death that the Red Sox are still the better team than the Orioles in this division, and that even people um have have had problems with that. But yeah, I think the, the Orioles will win enough games for him to be a valuable closer for fantasy purposes for sure. Clay, you know what's ridiculous about Felix Bautista? Fangraphs needs to get on their, you know, on their stuff a little bit here because they're listing him right now at 6'5, 190 pounds. Like, have you looked at him recently? I weigh 190. I'm not 6'5", but let me tell you right now, he's not 190. He's like 260. 
65260, I would say. When I mean, did they he, take that weight? 2013? Oh, that's got to be from back when, back from 2013, maybe. It might be. Um, all right. <laughs> Regardless, he's nasty. Let's move on. Kenley Jansen has moved from the Braves. We'll move from the Dodgers to the Braves, and now he goes to another powerhouse. Is that his thing? He just loves going to whatever powerhouse team. It's a pretty good strategy. Um, he goes to my Red Sox squad now. And Henley has been a guy that's led the league in saves or at least been up there for every year he's played. It seems like last year he had 41 saves, a little bit of a shaky season, a 3.38 ERA, but a 2.38 expected ERA last year, a 3.21 FIP. I would expect him to put in another fantastic season. There's been a lot of talk about Kenley Jansen and, and how he'll respond to the pitch clock. Um, I don't think there's going to be that problem. I think that he knows what he has to do to come into this season to be premier closer. I don't think the pitch clock is going to really matter for him. I think he has the most like proven innings of anyone on this list. He's been doing this a long time, 35 years old, um, 3.38 ERA last year, elite movement on all of his pitches. Colby, every single pitch batters hit under 200 against him on last yeah. season. Clay, I, I am a little confused on the Kenley hate. Like, I feel like there's been a lot of of Kenley doubting coming into this season. I and think... I know he's turning 35, and I know he's coming off of, like, you know, a not-so-spectacular season. But, like, he's put up an expected ERA of under three in every single season since 2015. Like, why should I have any reason to believe that he's going to regress this season? And the Red Sox should, again, win enough games for him to put up 30-plus saves. This might be really just way too specific. But I remember he was struggling a little bit. And then I think he actually blew a game to the Padres when he was on the Dodgers. And that's when the Dodger fans started. Like, all of this Kinley, like, he doesn't need to be the closer anymore. Like, he's he's, you know, cooked and... Um, it kind of started this narrative around him that was a bit unfair and a bit knee-jerk. And um, to me, still a great option. Um, I'm not going to hate on the Red Sox. I think that they have a good lineup. I don't think that they're going to win as many games as some teams that we've listed on this list. So that bumps them down a little bit. Um, still worthy, in my opinion, of being you know a top 10 closer. And I think he'll put up n- numbers to show that. Yeah, I mean, like you would think that Kenley Jansen led the league in blown saves last year, but he, he didn't. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. It just, it does seem like Kenley gets a lot of hate for a guy that actually has performed really well for most of his career. But that is what it is. It's, I'm not saying he's the best reliever in baseball. I mean, he's had an ERA over three in in four of the last five seasons. Like that's not elite, but he gets the job done. All right, last guy, last guy, Clay. And I think it's probably my favorite guy on this list just from a value perspective and how nasty he is. Camilo Doval, um, you watched the game last night. I mean, he was filthy. He is electric. Fastball is up to 102. Again, this is another flamethrower. Last year, he had a 2.53 ERA, 2.9 expected ERA, struck out. 28% 28% of batters does struggle a little bit with the walks. What I do like about Camilo Dovaldo is a lot of relievers actually tend to be fly ball pitchers and Doval um, gets a ton of ground balls, 56% ground ball rate last year, pitches in a pitcher friendly park. 
Um, I think he should go over 30 saves as well this year with a, with a really good ERA. So I think from a value perspective, Camilo is intriguing. I wouldn't be worried much about um, Taylor Rogers moving over to the giants. I think speaking of uh, blowing saves, Taylor Rogers led the league in blown saves last year. Um, and Camilo or uh, Farhan Zaidi has already said that, um, that he's going to be the primary closer. So I'm not worried about Duvall's job. I think at 25 years old, this is his uh, job to keep. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he just has nasty stuff. One home run off of his slider to 57 strikeouts. Um, I think you covered it all. Like he is going to get near or above that 30 save mark. I don't know like what to think of the giants. And I say that every single year. Um, I just never really know what to make of their roster construction. Some years it works out, some years it doesn't. But um, I think he will get enough opportunity. And like you said, he's pitching in a ballpark that favors him. He'll get enough wins. That Giants team isn't that bad. People are critical of that Giants team, but their rotation is pretty solid. Their lineup is the concern, but I think they'll score enough runs. So, yeah, I like like Camilo as kind of my favorite guy to this top 10, just from a value perspective. But, yeah, anything else, man? I think we covered it. The only other thing I have to say is and we've yet to do this. So it's time it's time to get the cringy moment in and ask everyone to like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify or or other podcast platforms, go over to YouTube so that you can see our pretty faces as well. Yeah, I mean, we literally never ask you guys for anything, and this is almost the least you can do for us. So, yeah, go go uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, it's always better to, to see me, you know, looking back at the Fangraphs page and then looking back at Clay. So I'm just looking everywhere, numbers, dissecting everything. But, yeah, Clay, awesome episode, dude. Um, next episode, though, we got a fun one. We got uh, Reese White coming on. He's going to talk about first year player draft so any of you dynasty people out there that want to listen to that episode even just like if you want to be caught up on kind of like the next future stars that were just drafted um and are going to be developing i think it's a really good intro to just kind of figuring out the next wave of of mlb superstars so um make sure you listen to that but yeah anyways clay enjoy your weekend dude enjoy some march madness talk to you guys next time adios